You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Well, welcome to you this morning. If you're joining us online, so glad you could join us today. And I'm excited to come around the word with you this morning. You know, what an exciting year we've launched into this year that with Declaration Sunday, Pastor Lee spoke about how we're going to have themes across our service. And last week, Pastor Lee pra- preached a crack of a message on our first theme, Empowered for Everyday Living. And this week, you know, these, these messages are in line with the Great Commission. And this week, we're continuing on with that. We're talking about mission. You know, the start of, go, of the Great Commission, go and therefore go and make disciples. The goal, that outward focus, that mission focus, that, you know, we're in these four walls of the church, but there is a world out there that we can go to, that we can share the good news of who Jesus is to us, what He has done in our our lives and we can share that truth with the world that needs that hope, that needs the peace, the reassurance, the confidence that God brings. So as we come closer to Easter, we have this opportunity to, to invite friends and family like we've been talking about all morning. We want to be deliberate in teaching about the goal. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Getting Out of the Salt Shaker. Getting Out of the Salt Shaker, a bit of a random topic, a bit of a random t- title. But if you think about it, salt is in something in most of the foods that we eat today. You know, we often talk about people having a sweet tooth, but I actually think that more people have a salty tooth. Like, to be honest, I feel like I'm more of a salty tooth. Can anyone relate to that? Like, you'd pick salty food over sweet food? Nah, nah. Some people, some no. See, whether it's like sea salt chips or salt and vinegar chips. Yeah? No? Yeah, yeah. See, I've got a few people, yep. Or... Sushi, had sushi yesterday for lunch, like soy sauce on your sushi. Anyone a fan of that? Yep, yep. Or what's something else that I've got here? Chicken salt on your fish and chips. Yep, adding salt to things. Um, Or just salt on the table to season, you know, your meat, your steak, your dinner. Like salt is something we all have in our food. Let's be honest, give, give me like salty buttery popcorn over that sweet caramel popcorn any day of the week. Yeah? Nah, some people don't agree. It's like, give me the caramel stuff. But let's be, a bit of both, okay. But let's be honest, like caramel, like even caramel, we add salt to it now to reduce the sweet taste. We bring the balance, the flavor of the salted caramel by adding salt to it. So salt is something that's a pretty big deal in our lives, I think. So what does that mean, like getting out of the salt shaker? Well, salt sometimes gets a bad rep for being unhealthy in large quantities, not good for your blood pressure and all that. The truth is that in in the right amount, salt is actually essential for body function. It's essential for health. So why am I talking so much about salt? Well, in case you haven't clued on already, Jesus talks about salt. He talks about us being the salt and the light of the earth. See, in his early, one of his early ministry messages in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 14, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He goes on to say, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hill top that cannot be hidden. Jesus talks about us being salt and light of the earth. He goes on to say that that through being the light of the earth, that people will see your good deeds and they will glorify God, that people will know about God because you are salt and light of the earth. Jesus speaks of us being salt again in Mark 9 verse 50. He says, salt is good for seasoning, But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt. That's an interesting one. You, we must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live at peace with each other. So Jesus tells us to have the qualities of salt. 
But what are the qualities of salt? What does salt do? Well, salt brings flavour. It seasons. We add the salt to our food to season it, to bring flavour. And the Greek word for salt, halas, we see in these scriptures, that Bible com- commentaries outline that is metaphorically used to describe having wisdom and grace in our speech. So in different scriptures, we see in Colossians 4 verses 5 to 6, that the word salt or halas, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, halas, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That it speaks of salt, that we sprinkle your conversation, seasoned conversations with wisdom and grace. In verse 5 and 6 in the NLT, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you'll have the right response for everyone. Friends, if Jesus says we're to have the quality of salt and salt brings flavour, salt seasons, then we should bring flavour. We should season conversations with wisdom and grace. You know, wisdom in this context being a, consider- a proper consideration, skill, discretion, discernment in imparting truth. Grace, in this context, words that yield kindness, that have a sweetness to it, that, have, that bring joy. See, I looked up how salt actually brings flavour to food. Like, why do we say it's salt flavours? And one of the ways it does is it counteracts bitter tastes. So we put that into the context of us bringing flavour into situations, that in bringing flavour and seasoning, seasoning conversations, wisdom and grace, we can counteract bitterness we can counteract things that are hard or that go, mm, with God's goodness, with God's kindness, with God's wisdom, with his grace as we speak. So friends, it's time to be on mission. It's time that we can get out of the salt shaker, that we can go out into our world. As it says in Colossians 4 5, that we can make the most of every opportunity to get out of the salt shaker and impact our world. And can I encourage you this morning that you're already doing this and you're doing it really well? You know, I think of Tim, whose who's clients, when, he's in their, when they sit in his barber seat, they say he's good for their well-being. Sitting in his barber seat is good for their well-being. I think of Fiona, who, you know, sometimes her workplace can be challenging, but her workmates say, hey, you're always such a positive voice in our workplace. I think of Rob, who was on the bike trail and, you know, saw someone and said, I'm just going to share, share with him about Jesus. You know, my friends, can I encourage you? You are doing this well. You are being the salt of the earth. You are getting out of the salt shaker already. Keep at it. Keep doing it. And you might say to me, you know, oh, well, that's their personality. I can't really do that. Well, to be honest, like stepping out of the salt shaker, getting out of the salt shaker doesn't always come naturally to me. But you know, something I'm learning is that God and his goodness helps you and I get out of the salt shaker. He leads and guides you in that teaching us to impact those around us. It may be an encouraging word. It may be an offer of prayer for someone going through a stressful situation. Perhaps it's a positive voice in a stressful situation. Could be sharing a story of how God has come through for you. Perhaps it's a listening ear. Perhaps it's sharing a thought of how God loves them, God's heart for them. My friends, whatever phase of life you find yourself in, God will empower you to season to add flavour to those around you. 
So the question I asked you this morning, and this is a question that we've been asking across the service, from the pre-service prayer to community prayer. Who has God put in your world that you can God bring God's flavor to? I'll ask that again. Who has God put in your world that you can bring his flavor to? And how can you be salt? How can you have an impact on them? You know, I truly believe that over these last few weeks, Holy Spirit has been putting people in your mind or people in your heart. Or maybe you've been bumping into people, you know, coincidentally bumping into people that you haven't seen for a while. Who has God put in your world that you can add his flavor to? So let's look at someone in the Bible who sees in their world like salt. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is someone who we see across the book of Acts who brought salt of the earth wherever he went. In Acts 13, we read how Paul and Barnabas are sent off on their first mission journey. It is in Acts 13 that we have our declaration for this year, Acts 13, 47. I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. This is what God spoke to Paul back then, that what he was to do while it's on mission. But this is our declaration for the year as well. Be a light, release salvation. That's what God has said to us for the year. This is the same for us today. Be a light, release salvation. That as Paul and Barnabas went to various places, in Acts 13 and 14, we see they went to Cyprus, to Antioch, to Iconium, to Lystra, lots of different places. Just as Paul and Barnabas did this, you and I, we have different spheres of influence. We have different places of influence that we can be in. Could be your children, your parents, your extended family, your work colleagues, your school friends, your uni friends, your walking group, your neighbours, other parents of your children at school, or your children's friends, their parents at school, your gym, your sports club, your mother's group. Friends, we all have spaces. Just like Paul and Barnabas went to different places, we all have spheres of influence where we can be salt, where we can season the world with God's flavour. So if Jesus said in this scripture that we are to, in that scripture in, in Mark 9.50, that we're to have the qualities of salt, let's look at one of the accounts of Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey. Let's see how they were salt and how we can apply that to our lives. So we're reading from Acts 14 verses 8 to 10. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had the faith to be healed. So Paul called out to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. How amazing is this? This crippled man was healed. Just from a word from Paul, he stood up and was healed. Health was restored to his life. See, Paul recognized his faith. He was just sitting listening to Paul, but Paul recognized his faith. Paul, through the power of God, speaks out his healing. See, we talk about how being salt is related to speech. Paul's speech brought about healing power. Paul's speech promoted health in that man's life. This is something that salt does. Salt promotes healthy functioning. See, as I mentioned earlier, salt sometimes gets a bad rep for being unhealthy. But in the right amounts, it promotes healthy body function. The human body requires sodium to help contraction and relaxation of muscles. It's required for nerve impulses to be passed around the body. Salt is required to maintain the proper balance of water and minerals in the body. Salt promotes healthy functioning. 
So what does this mean for you and I today? See, just as Paul spoke health to that man's life, YouTube can promote healthy functioning. You and I can see health restored in people's lives through being sought. What do I mean by this? You know, it may not be someone who is necessarily crippled physically like this man was in this story. But it could be praying for someone to see healing from sickness. Perhaps it's promoting health, speaking peace and truth into someone who is crippled by anxiety or stress. It could be coming alongside someone, being a friend to someone who may be struggling with dysfunction or being crippled in relationships. See, my friends, you and I can be the salt of the earth. You and I can promote healthy functioning in people's lives. I mean, this all sounds like well and good, but how do we do this? How do we outwork this practically? Can I encourage you can ask God to lead you to loved ones that you can speak this into? I'm sure, this is, I'm sure many of you have had this happen, but sometimes you wake up with a thought or you have this thought or someone's on your heart for a particular day. And, you know, I've had this happen before and, and you know, sometimes I remember and sometimes I don't, to be honest, to just send them, flick them a quick message and say, you know, how are you going? What's been happening? And there's been several occasions, multiple occasions where it's like, oh, thank you for messaging me. I've actually, you know, been going through this. You know, I'm, like I'm not so smart that like I, I know exactly what's going there with, but Holy Spirit has led me in those moments to those people and I know he's done the same for many of you that you might send a message. I know I've received message from, messages from people saying they're thinking of me and it's like directly when I'm going through something. See, Holy Spirit is very good at what he does. He will lead you and guide you. You can ask him for opportunities to promote healthy functioning. You can love them well, being kind and gracious, conversations of wisdom and grace. But you know, you can also give them an opportunity to encounter God by inviting them inviting them to, to, come, to come to church to meet Jesus. And can I encourage you, you're already doing this so well. You know, our carol service in December last year was the evidence of this. Like we saw this place packed out with friends and family, people who maybe were yet to know Jesus or on that journey of finding faith. But beyond carols, I see this in you guys operating this. I think of Beck who invited a friend a mum from school to our Friday lunch at Fork and Flower. I think of Benj inviting his friends to youth. Can I encourage you guys? You are already promoting healthy function. You are encouraging people to have an opportunity to encounter God. Keep at it, my friends. See, this whole promoting healthy functioning is something I'm learning too. Recently, when I was on one of the multi-day hikes, there was a rather difficult lady on one of these hikes. And a few people, you know, these neighbours that we've been talking about, maybe one of those people that you can relate to. And a few people had had sort of um, run-ins with her, I suppose, um, where there's sort of been an exchange of words. And on one of these morning walks, because they're multi-days, you see each other sort of a lot through it. On one of these walks, we had to walk, on one of the day's walks, we had to walk up to a summit, which was reasonably difficult. And so my friends and I got there and we were sitting and resting and not long after this lady arrived. And, you know, it was a hard walk. So I was like, oh, well done. That was pretty hard, I said to her. And thinking, you know, just being encouraging and nice. And she said to me, oh, you're being patronizing. And I was a little bit taken aback because that was not my heart at all. But there was an opportunity there for me to choose how I responded. So I tried to be gracious in my speech and said, I'm sorry, that was my, your experience. That was not my intention at all. And it kind of got left at that. But later on the walk, we were sort of walking uphill again and I started to walk past her. And I kind of just thought, I'm just going to like eat my dust. I'm just going to walk past you. See you later kind of thing. <laughs> that was the thought that kind of went through my mind, like if I'm completely honest. But I felt that little prompt from Holy Spirit that said, this is your opportunity to be salt here. 
this is your opportunity to promote healthy functioning here, to show her something different. And so, okay, I turned around and I said, I just said hello, I introduced myself and asked her her name and asked her her story. And you know, that situation changed instantaneously. She started telling me about all the walks and hikes she did, how this was the second or third time she was doing this track and how she sees something different every time. You know, I saw her many more times on that hike, but there was something very different about our interaction. That hardness was gone. There was a softness on interaction. And the last day when we said goodbye, she said, you know, it was lovely to meet you and maybe we'll see each other on a hike another day. That kind of caught me off guard. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> but that's the power of God. That's the power of promoting healthy function. That's the power of salt. That's the power of the Holy Spirit operating in and through us. See, friends, this is not unique to me. By getting out of the salt shaker, you and I can season situations with God's love. We can promote healthy function where there's dysfunction. So let's continue on this account in Acts 14. In verses 10, 13, the people in Lystra were blown away by this healing. People, the people in Lystra hadn't heard of God before. Like they hadn't heard of Jesus. They were new to, new to discovering faith. And so they declared that Paul and Barnabas were gods in human form. They wanted to worship him. But in that moment, Paul once again speaks with wisdom and grace. He seasons the situation with salt. In verses 15 to 16, it says, this is Paul speaking. Friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from the worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. See, Paul's first speech to these people, he's seasoning the words of truth about who God is. He gives them practical examples of how they can relate to God's goodness. He talks about rain and good crops and food, things they can relate to, things that are tangible that they can see God's goodness in. He doesn't want people worshipping them. He wants them to know God. Paul's encouraging a good environment for the people of Lystra to find faith. This is another way he's functioning as salt. Salt encourages a good environment. What do I mean by that? We see salt is used as a preservative. Think of preserved foods or saline that you put on wounds. Salt encourages a good environment. It prevents unhealthy things from growing. It promotes health. It promotes a good environment. So how does this apply to you and I today? Friends, we can encourage a good environment to speak about faith. In our world today, people have so many different thoughts and perceptions about God, about faith, about the church, about Christians. And unfortunately, some of these are not very positive perceptions. But you and I, like Paul, have this opportunity to speak about who God is, to share your story of what he's done in your life, who, has been, who God has been in your life in a way that is relatable to them. Just as Paul spoke about the food, the crops, the rain that God sends that was relatable to people then, you and I can share how God has come through to, for, in your life in a way that's relatable, relatable to them today. We can encourage a good environment where friends and family can hear about God. And hear my heart here, guys. This needs to be done the right way. It's not about, you know, getting in a debate about someone, about trying to prove how faith is right, how everything is true, and trying to defend God in our conversation. God is all-powerful. He can defend himself. But salt encourages a good environment. It seasons its flavors. The right amount of salt seasons its flavors. 
don't know if you ever had this experience, but you know, you might have had a salt shaker and you're going to put it over your food and maybe the lid of that salt shaker is not quite closed properly. And so rather than having a sprinkling of salt, you end up with a stack of salt on your food. Now, too much salt isn't very helpful either. It doesn't leave a very nice taste. It's overpowering. See, in our conversations, we can encourage good environments to talk about God and faith. Good environments, seasoning our conversations with wisdom and grace. Going back to Colossians 4, 6, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, living wisely, making the most of every opportunity. See, this is something I'm learning too. I've got this friend who we often have conversations about God and faith, and they're still on the journey of finding faith. But in one of the conversations, we're talking about God having a plan and purpose because I can see that they're searching for meaning. And I was able to share how following God's lead and God's plan has led to amazing new things in my life and I'm so thankful for and I can trust that God has the best and highest for my life. And I remember this friend saying, oh, wow, I can actually really see that in your life and the confidence that it brings. You know, we're still in that conversation. It's not like this person's there and they're like, yep, I, like, I want to know Jesus. They're still searching there's an open conversation. There's a good environment for us to have this conversation. And you might say to me, oh, well, that's all good for you. You're a pastor. But you know what? It's not even in a pastor, it's pastor space. He's just a friend. And you might say, I don't know how to have these conversations. But can I encourage you that the same Holy Spirit who leads and guides me is there for you? See, Jesus promised this to his disciples. He said there would be question about their faith but not to worry about what to say. In Luke 12, 12, he says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. In Exodus, God promised to help Moses and Aaron speak to Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, about the Israelites' freedom. In verse, Exodus 4, verse 15, I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Same God who was God then is God today. He will lead you and guide you and instruct you what to do. So why don't you ask him? He will lead you and guide you. He is the same God today. Something else you might say to me is, what if they oppose what I say? What if they're not interested? Hey, can I tell you in good company with Paul and Barnabas? Although they saw amazing things happen, they faced opposition. But despite the opposition, we read in Acts 14.3 that the apostles stayed where they were for a long time preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. See, although they saw miraculous things, although they saw opposition, but God was still working in power. In being the salt of the earth, sometimes it might feel like for us today, what does that mean? In being the salt of the earth, in seasoning the world with God's flavor, sometimes it might feel like people are not receptive or they're not interested or they might blatantly oppose what you say. But can I encourage you, God is still working in power? Can I encourage you, just like Paul and Barnabas saw that God proved the message was true, through miraculous signs and wonders, that His power, His gift and abilities, His mighty power is still operating through you and I. That as you sow that seed, you might feel like you're getting nowhere. But God is the captain of this ship. He will steer that ship. Yes, we're on the voyage with Him. Yes, we sow the seeds, but He will see it through. That you and I, friend, we can follow His lead. So what could operating in his powers and his gifts and abilities look like? Well, maybe it's sharing a thought of fate to someone. You know, a word of knowledge, a timely word to speak into someone's situation. 
I know some of you have had that happen where you speak something in someone's world and they're like, how do you even know that about me? His healing power to pray for someone's restoration. Discernment to know when a loved one is going through a challenge. The ability to care, to support, to love someone in need. That is God's power working mightily through you and I. You might just say, oh, that's just something I do. But that's His gifts and abilities unlocked in your life. His gift of help, His gift of encouragement. Can I encourage you, my friends, that God is working in and through you. The seeds you have sown are not in vain. Even as it doesn't seem like nothing's happening, God is working in and through you. And so as I wrap up this morning, let me share a story of where I saw God work in this power when I thought really nothing was happening as I got out of the salt shaker. See, I have this particular group of friends who are intelligent humans who are very logical and scientific in their thinking. And so a lot of our conversations tend to lean towards science. And if I'm honest, sometimes my viewpoint of like, you know, sharing from a viewpoint of faith sometimes seems a little bit hard to explain because it's not always fully explainable by logic. And we were in this recent conversation about science and faith and how sort of it, it sits together. And I remember having that thought from Holy, Holy Spirit as I was listening to the others talk where he said, you know, can you sit in that space between science and faith? Sit in that space between us, kind of like, oh, don't, I don't really know if I can because it's sort of an awkward space, like kind of not knowing. But, but I'll try. Will you help me? And, you know, the very next day in one of our conversations, I saw the opportunity to do that. I saw him work mightily. See, one of my friends were talking, one of my friends and I were talking about um, creation kind of versus evolution and like how they seem such, such at odds with, with, with each other at times. And we discussed it and what this friend said was that he'd read this phrase in a book that, that evolution gives, gives the illusion of higher design or evolution gives the illusion of a creator. And, you know, we were sort of unpacking that statement and discussing it. And I said that, you know, I, I don't believe that creation and evolution are mutually exclusive, that there's an overlap between them. And, you know, we sort of were talking about that. And he said to me, do you know what? My dad was brought up in church and he used to say that same thing to me. I didn't know his dad. I'd know his dad had said that. But that Holy Spirit brought those words to me at that time, the words that his dad had spoken. He was working in power even when I didn't know what was happening. I was just having a conversation. But then, you know, as we talked about it more, I was, I was able to, I sort of said like, you know, something I've come to realise is, yes, there's the part of like logic that I can't fully explain. And there's, that's part of faith that I can't fully explain everything. But my personal experience with God allows me to sit in that space where I trust Him. I don't have to fully explain everything. And he looked at me and he said, that must bring you such peace for your life. I said, yeah, it actually does. It does. But how amazing is God? See, that was like, I can't take credit for it because God was bringing revelation to His heart. God was working in power through like a random conversation about creation and evolution. Completely random in my mind, but it wasn't random to God. God was reminding this friend of what his dad had spoken to him as a child. God was reminding this friend, was revealing to this friend peace that comes about from your life, from knowing God. Friends, this is not unique to me. Whatever phase of life you might find yourself in, Whatever your sphere of influence looks like, you have an opportunity to be salt of the earth. You have an opportunity to flavor, to season the world with wisdom and grace in your conversations and your actions. You have an opportunity to promote healthy functioning, to encourage a good environment. And know that as you do, God has got you. He will lead you and guide you. He will work in His mighty power. So let's pray.
Lord God, I just thank You that You are a faithful God. I thank You that You lead us and guide us as we follow Your lead. And I just pray that, that as we go into our weeks and into the coming weeks, that You will give us opportunities to season conversations with wisdom and grace, to be salt in our spheres of influence, to promote healthy functioning, to encourage us good environments to speak about faith. And I thank You that You will work mightily and powerfully through us and in us so that we can see people come to know You. We can see people restored to relationship with You, to receive Your hope, Your peace, and Your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, in a moment, we're going to have a call to action because I believe this kind of message is a call to action. A call to see our world impacted. But before we do, I don't want to miss the opportunity. If you do not know Jesus, that you can have that opportunity to know Him today. See, maybe this message I've spoken, you kind of go like, oh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but there's something about the flavor. There's something about the season that I need that in my life. Whether you're watching online or here in this room, you know, we heard about in the communion that God sent His Son, Jesus, that Jesus came to live on the earth as a, as a human so He could live life. He did miraculous things on the earth and then He went to the cross and died on the cross so that you and I could know Him, so that you and I could be restored to relationship with Him. He died, He was buried, and the third day He rose again so that you and I could walk victoriously in this world. And so I want to give you that opportunity that Maybe you go, look, I've heard about God. I've been to church. Maybe you're watching online and you've watched for a little while. But that season of Jesus, that flavor of Jesus, that you need that in your life. See, coming into a relationship with God starts with a prayer. A prayer of saying, I need you, God, in my life. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. As Pastor Grant said, you will be saved. You are restored to right relationship with God. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we as a church are going to pray that prayer together. And you can repeat the prayer after me, after me and the church will do that as well. If you're watching online, you can do that as well. So let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you sent Jesus to come to the earth. Today I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And I thank you because of that. I am saved. Come and lead me in my life. I want to follow you and know you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.